Let us remain standing just a moment while we pray. Our gracious God, we are thankful tonight for the time and the privilege of coming together again to serve Lord. We do not know what this night will mean to us, but we are trusting in thy grace to supply to us all that we have need of. We would ask you to be merciful to those who are so in need of salvation tonight. May they come to that fountain that filled with blood, drawn from Emmanuel's veins. May the sick and afflicted come also to the healing waters, leaving their crutches and their stretchers and their sicknesses and their diseases at the pool tonight. Trouble the water, Lord, and give grace unto thy people to believe thy word and thy presence. And when we leave tonight, may we say like those that come from Emmaus, did not our hearts burn within us as he spoke to us along the road? For we ask it in Jesus' name, God's Son, Amen. May be seated. The boys now have the tapes, and this will be the last night that they'll be able to sell them. Anything to be sold has to be finished tonight, because we don't sell on Sunday. We just make, I've always made that a policy, that we would not sell on Sunday. All the tapes, they have some 500 messages from sometimes when we wasn't horse and great healing lines. Mr. Mercer has them back there at the stand, wherever it is, I said back there, at the front, and you may obtain them. They sell them real cheap. I ordered a tape here some time ago from an evangelist and cost around $9. The boys sell theirs, I think it's for three. And they just barely make enough that they can stay out in the service with me. This Mr. Mercer and Mr. Gold. One of them was Catholic, and the other one I don't know. I don't believe he belonged to any church, see? And they formed themselves a little FBI to come down and find out whether those visions happened at home or not. And you only see one side. You see the little side of it here. It's home when the real visions take place. This is what you're doing here with your own faith. It's home is what God does. Or out somewhere when we're to ourselves, or out fishing, or somewhere when we have a little time of recreation. We had books, but I never wrote one, but Mr. Lindsay writes them, or he wrote it rather, and Mr. Stadscliffe wrote the other, but we're completely out of both. We will get some more soon. Now tomorrow is the Sabbath, and there's fine ministries here that believe in this type of ministry. They're sponsoring, cooperating in this meeting. 
they'd be very happy to have you in their churches. And I say that I would that you attend some of these good churches tomorrow if you are here busy. I'm sure you'll have a warm welcome, and perhaps they've already took care of it. And then tomorrow afternoon, there's to be another service here at 2.30. And then tomorrow night, the closing service at 7.30. We'd be glad to see you again at those times, trusting and believing that tomorrow night is always the greatest night for healing, for it's always the that great anticipations of waiting it's either get in now or not that usually sets up uh sometimes usually 20 times more gets healed on the last night because they just built up and watched and waited and then they put the exercise your faith now if your church is having church tomorrow night you're sick just ask your pastor i'm sure he would excuse you to come if you don't get into the line or get prayed for tonight. If there is any credit to be given to the Branham family, it's my wife. She's the one who stands between me and the public. I went down and got her today. I thought I was bashful. She's worse than I am. I was talking to her what I said to you last evening. If I had been born in 1909, I'd be about 25. <laughs> but I believe I have to make that 27 because I've been preaching 27 years and the rest of them didn't count anyhow. Just those who I preached and served the Lord. I said to my wife, Honey, would you walk up on the platform? She said, I'd faint. <laughs> But I'm going to ask you just to stand up just for a moment and let you know the sweetest woman in the world, my wife, Miss Grant. <laughs> she is sure bashful. I will hear about this later on. <laughs> Brother Vale said, I want to call you on the platform, Sister Van. She said, she was even scared to come to the meeting, afraid he would do it, so she waited to come with me. <clears throat> now, tonight we want to read some out of the scriptures of the book of Revelations, the sixth chapter. And we, just for a text, I want to read the first two verses. And I saw and behold a lamb. Open one of the seals, and I heard a voice like a thunder, and one of the four beasts said, Come and see. And I saw, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat thereon was given unto him a bow and a crown, and he went forth conquering and to conquer. I wish to take the subject for just a few moments on the mighty conqueror. About three years ago, Billy and I stepped off at Lisbon, Portuguese, and we went up to the old slave galley. And some other writing was in English that we could understand. So 
We seen there were some great hero, I could not call his name at this time. He took it, and then after the Turks had had it for several years, then along come the Spanish, and another hero come in. He took it, and all was glory. The heroes and the conquerors, and the heroes and the conquerors, it's been down through the age. And one, the word conquer means one that has overcome. It's a great word. And it's a, a notable word. And some time ago I was standing where Constantine, but on his road to Rome, and he was troubled about this battle that was coming up. And some of his soldiers, of course, were Christians. And the Christians was all bound down in under the Roman Empire. And that night while he was asleep, the Lord must have appeared unto him. And he dreamed that he saw a white cross. And a voice spoke to him and said, By this you shall conquer. When I first read that, it just thrilled my soul. By this ye shall conquer. And he roused up all of his soldiers at twelve o'clock at night and had them to paint white crosses on their shields. For it was by the cross that they were going to conquer. And they did. And then about three years ago, it was my privilege to be in Belgium. I'd stopped there for a little while at Brussels, just not far from Waterloo. And there I picked up a little book, and I was reading of Napoleon. Oh, what a great warrior he was. And really he wasn't a Frenchman. He despised French to begin with, but he come over to get even with them, and then become a great soldier and a conqueror. And just a few miles from where I was standing was part of the old relics. And I read of his life, that how he longed and desired to do something great. And he went by the signs of the moon and the stars. And when he was a young man, he was a probationist. And at the age of 33, he had conquered the world. And because there was no more for him to conquer, he sat down and wept. No one else to whip. He had done with the world. And he had conquered the people until you could even call his name. And the people would faint. He was so feared 
until when the mothers would go to put their babies to bed at night. Instead of saying, if you don't be good, the old boogeyman's go to get you. They would say, if you don't be good, Napoleon's go to get you. They'd duck their little heads under cover right quick. He wanted everybody to be afraid of him. But such as that and fear will never conquer the right thing. I'm thinking of a great hero that's too often forgot about in our readers. Many of you men and women about my age will be able to remember it. It happened in Switzerland many years ago. Switzerland was some Germans that went up there in the mountains. They didn't want any war. They just went up to be a peace-loving people. And they are still a peace-loving people. And one day when the aliens come in and were going to take their land from them, the Swiss left their home and come down into the, the valleys to meet their oncoming army. And oh, it must have been one pitiful sight that day to see a handful of little Swiss backed up against the mountains with clubs and sticks and, and rocks and old scythe blades to fight with. And coming to meet them come an army so great that it was so perfectly trained till it looked like bricks in a wall. Every man fully covered by armor. Great long trained spears in the front of them. Every man perfectly in step. And here the little Swiss stood not knowing what to do. And finally, there was a young fellow stepped out by the name of Arnold von Winkler. And he said, Man of Switzerland, this day I'm going to give my life for my nation. He said this morning over across the mountain, I kissed my wife goodbye and my three little children for the last time. I'll never see them again. And he said, I want you all to look after them. But this day I must give my life for Switzerland. They said, Arnold von Winkler, what will you do? He said, you just follow me and fight with all you've got. And he looked around until he found the very deepest spot of the spears. And he raised his arms towards heaven and screamed to the top of his voice, Make way for liberty! And he started running. And he screamed again, Make way for liberty! And as he rushed towards the army with his hands up and his open bosom to the spears, more than a hundred spears reached for him. And he grabbed them with his arms and threw them into his bosom. 
And there died with those spears in his bosom. Such a gallant display of heroism routed the aliens. And they went to pieces. And the Swiss running with their clubs and sticks and beat the army out of the nation. And they've never had a war since. It was a real victory, a real conquer. It seldom ever compared and never exceeded such a display of heroism. And today, when man loves to talk about heroes and how they like to worship heroes, and we appreciate that, but all there never was a hero like the Lord Jesus. One day when Adam's race stood in the corner, backed up by the powers of the devil, all great units of spiritualism and all kinds of isms had Adam's race in the corner. Sicknesses, diseases, and every enemy of the human race had Adam's race back into the corner. But there was one who spoke in heaven and said, I'm going down to the earth to give my life for Adam's race. And he came to the earth. And he found where the deepest of the spears was, death. There he rushed and grabbed the spear of death into his precious heart at Calvary. He conquered death. And when he went back up into glory, he sent down the baptism of the Holy Spirit to his subjects and said, Take this and fight with all your strength. Oh, brethren, what man tries to pick up something else, let's take what Christ sent us and fight with everything that's in us. We don't have to be trained men. We don't have to be trained people. We have to be willing people. God wants willing workers. Napoleon at the age of 33 had sat down and cried and was an alcoholic, defeated. And look where his kingdom went. But Jesus, at the age of 33, had conquered death, hell, and the grave. Oh, he was the mighty conqueror. When he was here on earth, sickness faced Adam's race. And one day, immediately after his ministry had started, he came into the house of Simon Peter. And his mother-in-law lay sick with a fever. He just merely touched her hand. And the mighty conqueror had conquered that fever and it left her. One day, a group of devils 
met him in a man by the name of Legion. And they had been used to overcoming everybody. So no one could even pass their way. They would go out and so possess this poor man until he would beat and break chains in two. And the law could not do nothing with him. And when those devils come on him, he could even break chains because that the devil give him that kind of a power. I wonder tonight you in the cop and in the wheelchair. If a man so anointed by the devil has three or four times his own human power, what could a man do anointed with the Holy Ghost? He could throw bed close wheelchairs and get going for the glory of God if the anointing of the Spirit of the living God comes on him. And this legion that would possess that man. Do you say then, Brother Branham, is there legions that come to the righteous? The Bible said that the angels of God are intense about those who love him. One day down at Dothan, an old prophet was down there by the name of Elisha. And Jehazah, his servant, woke up one morning, and the whole Syrian army was around him. And he said, My father, we are encamped around the whole Syrian army. And that old prophet, waking up just as cool as he could be, looking around over the great tens of thousands of soldiers, and he said, Why, well, there's more with us than there is with them. And the young fellow cannot understand that. He said, God opened this boy's eyes that he can see. And when God opened his eyes, the mountains is on fire, the chariots of fire around that old prophet. And the Spirit of the Lord God is in this building tonight to set free and give liberty for the mighty conqueror has paid the price and men are at liberty to be healed and to be set free. Oh, how precious his word is to us. Devils was conquered. Sickness was conquered. One night on a storming ocean, when all hopes is gone, and the little boat was about to sink, and the disciples saw Jesus coming, walking on the water. And they got scared because they thought he was a spirit. Isn't that just like people today? He was the only thing that could help them. It was their only hope. And yet they were afraid of him. And today, oh, listen to me. The only hope there is today is the thing that people are afraid of. That's an old time St. Paul's revival and the Bible Holy Ghost back again. Don't think it'll make you misbehave yourself. 
That's the devil's business to keep you afraid of Christ. But it's the only salvation left for any nation is the Lord Jesus and the power of his resurrection. But people are afraid of it. But did you notice, no matter how much they were praying, how well they were organized to pull their boat, how well they could set their sail, for they were sailors and fishermen. But when the mighty conqueror stepped into the boat, the winds and the waves ceased immediately. Something changes when he comes in. You're never the same again when he comes in. You've never felt anything that will take its place. No pleasures of the world or nothing can ever take the place of the mighty conqueror. I think alcohol synonymous is all right. But it'll never take the place of Jesus Christ. I believe doctors and hospitals are fine. Medicine's all right. But it'll never take the place of Jesus Christ. I believe churches and denominations are all right. But it'll never take the place of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. It just can't do it. There's nothing in it to do it with. For man is united in their own power. It takes the blessed Holy Spirit to do it. When he was on earth, he was a great conqueror. And then he conquered something else. That was the cross. And the cross was death. It was a symbol of public execution. And there he goes. Let's take a look at him just a moment. And oh, you, my friend, tonight, you who are standing till your feet are hurting, you who've been sitting in here for hours, let's take a look. There he goes up, Golgotha. There's a noise in the street. I can hear some of them say, there goes that religious fanatic. That goes the one who broke up our churches. Listen at him. And I can see him as he's going up the hill. And his little old pale face, all swollen and gobs of mossy spit hanging from his beard. A crown of thorns is in place on his head, and blood and hot tears of sorrow get off his cheeks. Isn't that some way to conquer? Men and women are not willing to suffer to conquer, but it's only suffering that you can conquer behind. There he goes. Every time the cross hit the old cobblestone, his little shoulders were hurting. And I noticed his robe has little red spots all over it. And further up the hill he goes, those little spots get bigger, bigger. 
After a while, they all come to one great, big, bloody spot. And his robe's beaten against his legs. And the bee of death has begun to hum around him. The sting of death. He must face. And when that bee began to hum around him, he knew that death lay just ahead of him. But he must conquer. That was the purpose he was born for, was to conquer. Not with an atomic bomb, but with a sacrifice life to Jehovah God. On up the hill he goes. And the bee gets humming louder and louder. And finally, it sinks its finger in the most precious flesh that ever lived on earth. He was God. Listen, friends. When a bee or an insect that's got a stinger if that bee ever stings like deep, it pulls its finger out, and it can't sting anymore. And that's why God was made flesh. Jesus Christ was more than a prophet. He was God manifested in the flesh, and the sting of death rested in his flesh, and he pulled the sting out of death at Calvary. Death has no stinger no more for a believer, for the mighty conqueror, conquered death and Calvary. One thirty some odd years later, coming to his death, on the march he said, Oh, death, where is your stinger? Where is your stinger at? He took the stinger out of death. He conquered the stinger at Calvary. Blessed be his holy name. He took the sting of death for you and I. In his death and in our death, it cannot sting us anymore. Oh, he can buzz and put up a big fuss, but he's got no stinger. His stinger, I can point to Calvary and say, there's where your stinger was conquered. In the flesh of the Lord Jesus. Oh, I love him. There he conquered death. He wasn't finished. They pulled his little body with a stinger in it. And laid it in Joseph's grave. But the Bible said that his soul descended into hell. He still had to conquer. And he went and preached to the souls that were in prison, that repented not in the days of Noah. Let you and I follow him for a few minutes. Now you get a view of what he was. We see him at Calvary conquered us. Here goes his soul down into the regions of the lost. The men and women. He opens the door of that black prison 
And there was beautiful young ladies who danced themselves into the place. There were preachers in there that turned down the message of God. There were church members, atheists, Gentile and Jew, all in that prison that refused to hear a righteous man's message. And I can see him as he knocked at the door. And he said, I am he that Enoch spoke of. And said that I would come. I'm the virgin born son of God. I've just died on the earth. And I have to witness to you that I'm the fulfilling of that word. No mercy could be granted. And the doors were shut. His soul was sings on. To the very bottomless pit of hell. And there comes a rap on the door. And the devil opens the door. And he said, oh, there you are. I thought I got you when I had Ada, Abel, slave. I was sure I got you when I got the prophets. And when I got John's head cut off, I was almost positive. But finally you've arrived. I can hear him say, Satan, you've made your life blessed. I'm the conqueror. My blood is still hot on Calvary's cross. You're not going to bluff them anymore. I've come down to say I've paid the price for their sins and their sicknesses. For the prophet said I'd be wounded for their transgressions and with my stripes they'd be healed. I've come to tell you that you've lost the battle. The death been paid. Take the keys of death and hell off of his side and kick him back into the furnace where he belongs. There's someone else waiting. There's a place called paradise where some more people were. And they were people who died under good faith. They loved God, but they couldn't go to the presence of God because it was under the sacrifice of an animal. And animal blood could not atone for human blood. Do you see that when life is formed, it's a spirit in the blood cell. And when the worshiper offered the blood of a lamb and that cell was broke, it was just only acting in the place of the real. Then when the worshiper put his hands upon the little lamb and his throat was cut and his hands was bathed red, as the little lamb, sick, dying, finally straightened out and was gone, the worshiper went right back out with the same desire to commit adultery, last deal that he ever had. Why? The blood cell, when it was broke, the life in the blood cell was an animal's life. It cannot come back to human life. But when the Son of God, when that blood cell was broke, the Holy Spirit that was in him comes back upon the worshiper, and there's no more conscience of sin. He's perfectly cleansed and set free. And he said, Satan, I've overcome. On up he goes to paradise. Let's watch him a moment. 
He's got to conquer paradise. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, they're wandering around in paradise. And after a while, a strange rap comes on the door. Abraham opens up the door. And he stands amazed. He said, Sarah, come here just a moment. Do you know who that is standing there? Why, she said, Abraham, my Lord, that's that same man that come up to the tent that day, that had his back turned to me, and I laughed in my heart, and he turned around and told me that I laughed. Oh, my. Just about that time, the curiosity of Daniel couldn't stand it any longer. He ran forward. He looked over Sarah's shoulder. He said, there is that stone that I saw cut out of the mountain with our hands. Ezekiel couldn't stand it any longer. He said, what's going on, brethren? And he looked over Daniel's shoulder. He said, brethren, there's that wheel in the middle of the wheel. But I saw turning way up in the middle of the air. He said, I've conquered. Let's go out. The next conquering I've got to conquer is the grave. Come go with me, children. I can hear Abraham said, can we make a little whistle stop? Yes, I'm going to just talk with my disciples for 40 days. On Easter morning, he conquered the Roman seal. He conquered Joseph's grave. He broke forth the seal and destroyed corruption and rose triumphantly. Here he goes up in the air with his disciples, with the Old Testament saints, goes on beyond the moon, beyond the stars, beyond the spheres and the spheres. And after a while, they come inside of the city. What do you think took place? Let's look in the Bible and see what took place. I'm going to quote David's prophecy. The Old Testament saints, when they see the city in sight, and Jesus at the head of the army, marching on, the Old Testament saints screamed out, Lift up the everlasting gates and be lifted up and let the King of glory come in. And all the angels begin to gather on the top of the building. You know, they said when Nero had conquered the city that the people faded and screamed and called him a god. When Adolf Hitler went into France, he stood at the Ark of Triumph, and for hours the whole sky was dark with airplanes and goose-stepping soldiers. And when Stalin come into Germany after Russia had won, how the tens of thousands of Russian soldiers crossing their legs and giving the victory salute as Stalin stood for hours. Oh, it must have been a great thing. I talked not long ago to a soldier. He said, Billy, 
after I'd been fighting so long. And when our ship sailed into the New York Harbor, that I'd been overseas for four years, all I'd seen had been hell and death. He said some of the soldiers was crippled, some with no legs, some with no arms. They rolled us all up on the deck. He said when I seen the Statue of Liberty standing there, and I knowed I was going under her arm, just behind there was everything that was dear to me, my mama, my father, my wife, my children. He said soldiers fell on the deck weeping. And if it'll make a man out of four years of battle act like that to come back home, what will it be when we go under the old rugged cross? When the last battle is fought and we conquered Oh, what a time it will be. And as they hollered back to them, Who is this King of glory? And the Old Testament saints screamed, The Lord of hosts, mighty in battle. You know the scriptures. The great angel Gabriel must have pressed the button. Those great big doors folded back. Right under the arc of the old rugged cross went Jesus and the soldiers of the Old Testament. Right down through the streets of Jerusalem they went with angels singing and screaming. What a welcome home! Right down to the great white throne. And he said, Father, these are those that believed on you. I've conquered both death, hell, and the grave. And I can hear you, the Father say, Set all my stone years, son, until I made the last enemy thy pursuit. And Jesus climbed up at the right hand of the God of heaven, and he's shown on high. There he stands tonight. A few hours ago, lo, behold, a man of sorrow. Lo, and behold him in plain view. But here he stands, the mighty conqueror, since he's rent the veil in two. He pulled back the curtain so that we could look at past the curtain of time. He pulled back every breath the devil had, fully paid the price, and tonight he's a conqueror. And the Bible said that we are more and conquerors through him who loved us. For every Christian in here tonight has the thing under control. We conquered sin, we conquered death, we conquered hell, we conquered the grave, we conquered sickness. Because Jesus is our mighty conqueror. This word is a pardon. This word was written for a pardon. To know that he is a mighty conqueror is a pardon to each one of you. If you receive it as a pardon. Some time ago, there was a man going to be shot. He had committed a crime, a military, and he was sentenced to die. And some good friend went to Abraham Lincoln, which was president of the United States at the time. And he begged for mercy for his friend. And Mr. Lincoln, being rather in a hurry, he grabbed up a piece of paper and a quill, 
And he wrote, I, Abraham Lincoln, pardon this man. And the man thanked him and rushed back to the prison. He said, oh, I don't believe that. That don't look just right. It should come in some great classical thing. It should come with great gold seals on it. I don't believe it's a pardon. And he could not persuade him to believe it. He could not believe it. And the next morning he died under a firing squad. And then here's a dead man, and the president's name signed on a paper the day before that he was pardoned. That was tried in federal court. And here was a decision. A pardon is not a pardon unless it be received as a pardon. And the Holy Spirit, it may not come in classical places. It may not come through great denominations. It may not come through well-trained and polished preachers. But it's a pardon. It's salvation. It's freedom from sin. It's a ticket to heaven. It's healing for the sick to those who will receive it as a pardon. Now, if you've never did that, I want you to think of it for the next few moments while we bow our heads reverently in the presence of God. Have you, my bewildered friends, have you never tasted the Lord's goodness to you? Do you not know that it's nothing you can do in yourself? If salvation come by works, then Jesus died in vain. You may belong to the finest church there is in Ohio and still be just as far away from God as that drunk laying across the floor in the bargain. Just a religious sinner. And what is the word sin? Unbelief. He that believeth not is condemned already. You might stand right in the face of the Holy Spirit and say it's a bunch of holy rollers. Or oh, if it was anything of God, it would come through the Catholic or the Presbyterian or the Methodist or the Baptist or some great denomination. All right. It's a pardon and healing for you if you want to believe it. It's sent by God the Father. And Satan has been stripped of every power that he ever had. It all belongs to you tonight. Won't you receive it? Now, we have not room here for an altar call, but I would like to know in your hearts, with every head bowed and every eye closed, while Christians are praying, you who know that you're not right with God, would you raise your hands that God not doing so, thank God be merciful to me. I now want you to pardon me, and I accept you as the conqueror of my own life, my sins, and my disobedience. God bless you, young lady. Bless you, young fellow. God bless you back there, sir. Any more on the bottom floor? Way back. Yes, many of you back there. Eight or ten hands. Over here to the left. Yes, God bless you here, sir. And you over here. Way back in the back again. Yes. To the balcony, the first balcony to my left. How many in there would say, Brother Branham, I know I'm wrong. Well, I still love the world just as much as I ever did. 
I still love the things of the world. And the Bible said, my friend, the love of God's not even in you. But Brother Branham, I belong to a church. That doesn't matter. Satan did too. The greatest church that there was. Judas belonged to a real organization, a real church. He was a treasure in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. But his heart wasn't right with God. Why didn't he confess his sins? Because Satan had him overcome. Are you in that fix tonight, my decrepit friend? Would you just raise up your hand and say, God be merciful to me. Bow down to my left. God bless you. Way up high on the top balcony. God bless you all along there. That's right. Just raise up your hand and see what a difference. It's God speaking to you. Don't, don't turn his spirit away. God bless you. That's right. Some 30 or 40 up there. The balcony to the back. Both lower and upper balconies. Would you just raise your hands while everybody's praying? Say, God be merciful. God bless you. That's right. Way up high. That's right. God sees your hands. Way back there in the shadows even. All right, balconies to the right here, both upper and lower. Would you raise your hands and say, God be merciful. God bless you right up here. That's right. God bless you over here, all up and down the road there. I know I'm not right, Brother Branham, and God knows my heart. I'm not right, so I'm asking God to be merciful to me. Standing in the vestibules and out in the aisles, back in the back, would you raise your hands and say, God bless you, that's good. That's right. Way outside, God will see, even on the outside of the building, He'll see it. Not necessary that I do, but He will. I might accept my pardon. You say, Brother Benham, what good does it do me to hold up my hand? Oh, my friends, the religion of the Lord Jesus has been taken too slightly. If you really meant that from your heart, you've passed right now from death to life. Let me quote to you the scriptures. Jesus said, He that heareth my word and believeth on him that set me hath everlasting life and shall not come into the judgment, but pass from death unto life. That's what it means. Would there be some more? Would just raise your hand? God bless you, sir. God bless you. That's good. Yes, someone that hasn't yet. God bless you up there at the balcony again. That's good. Be merciful to me, God. I now accept Christ. He's the conqueror. I can't do it. I've got habits and things I can't overcome. But I'm expecting him to do it for me now. He will do it. Just give him a chance. Will you raise your hand? God bless you. Wait back. That's right. One, two, three, four. Back there again. How many of you that really has, you have received Christ as your personal Savior, but you have never yet been over, able to overcome the flesh? Would you raise your hands and God be merciful to me? That's right. God bless you. Oh, yes. Groups of hands everywhere. God will see everyone. If he knows the sparrow that falls in the street, how much more does he know you're raising your hands? How many have not received the Holy Spirit? As yet, and would like to receive it tonight. Would you raise your hands and say, God be merciful to me? Yes, hundreds everywhere. Now let us pray. Merciful God, I now bring to you in the presence of the angels of God and this company literally thousands of hands at meeting tonight, many of them accepting Christ for their first time. Many of those who have joined church but never have been able to overcome or crucify the flesh and needing the baptism of the Spirit, many are here. I pray, God, that you'll supply everything they have need of. I am just your servant, and I commit them to thee now, Lord. You know them, everyone. 
forgive them of their sins. Fill them with thy spirit. And now may their precious eyes be opened to behold the man of sorrow. Behold him in plain view. Now he is the mighty conqueror. He's conquered the ages. He's conquered death and still alive. And will be forever. May they see him in the power of his resurrection. Standing as glorious and his majesty as he did in Galilee. May he perform and do the things that he did many years ago. O Lord God, creator of heavens and earth, author of eternal life and giver of every good gift, send to us tonight at this dying age and this dying nation, just with a few more breaths left. Give to these children tonight the bread of life that they might see that you still live and are still the mighty conquerors. Grant it, Lord. And now they are the fruit of the message, and you give them to your Son as love gifts. No man can pluck them from your hand. May they find a good church, be baptized in Christian baptism, and then may they live faithfully to you until they face you yonder. That's the great coming of Christ. Grant it, Father, they are yours now. In the name of your Son, the Lord Jesus, amen. I love him. Lie, raise up. I love him. I love him. something to you. Let's do it again and raise your hands. Everyone now. Everybody. Forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. I am that pillar of fire that was in the burning building. 
And if he comes from that and returns to that, come from God manifesting the flesh to conquer death in the flesh, then he returns back to God, he'd be back a pillar of fire. How many know that? Has it been proven by the Bible? When Paul was on his road to Damascus, what was it that he died on? A light that shined up with planet strength. How many know that? And Paul didn't know who it was. He said, who are you? What did he say? I'm Jesus. Is that right? right? Then he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. How do you know where then would you be for sure that? If that would be the spirit which we know it is, it is me. If that is the spirit, it will produce the life of Christ. If it doesn't, then it isn't the life of Christ. Makes Jesus the same yesterday day. How many know that Jesus said, I do nothing until the Father shows me first? Come on. Now you out there in the audience that doesn't have a prayer card, will you pray just now and believe? How many out there know that the Bible says, the New Testament, that Jesus Christ is a high priest that should be touched by the feeling of our infirmity? All right. If he does that and he's the same yesterday, day, and forever, when he did yesterday, a woman touched his garment and he turned around and said, Who? question, who touched me? And no one said anything, but Jesus found her and told her her trouble and said her faith had saved her. Is that right? He's the same today, a high priest. He has to act the same if he is the same. Then you pray, all you out there, sit still, be reverent. Now here's a little woman, about the age of my mother, I suppose. And as far as I know, I've never seen this little lady in my life. Are we strangers to each other, ladies? We are. We are strangers. Now, this is a picture again of St. John 4, man and a woman meeting for the first time. Now, if this Bible is the Word of God that says Jesus is the same yesterday and forever, He said, the things that I do shall you also and he declared himself to the Jews by telling Philip where Nathaniel was, or Nathaniel where he was under the tree when Philip called him. He declared it to Peter by knowing who he was and what his name was and what his father's name was. He declared it to the woman at the well by telling her, to the Samaritan, by telling her that she had five husbands and she went into the city and said, Isn't this the, the sign of the Christ? But he never did it to a Gentile. Never once. Why? The Gentiles' cup of iniquity wasn't filled up yet. Now it's the Gentiles' time. If he made himself known to both Jew and Samaritan in that manner, he'll have to do the same to the Gentiles, or he isn't the same. Now remember, then that's in the presence of Christ. Be reverent. Pray. God bless you now. Uh, you in the prayer line here, each one of you that's a stranger to me, raise up your hand and I don't know you. In the prayer line. All right, now be there. Just be in prayer. Be believe. Heavenly Father, the rest of the service now will have to be carried by your divine power. Your servant can say nothing within himself. 
but I'm depending on your spirit, Lord, as these people have received it tonight. These young babies here just born in the kingdom, dozens of them, let them know that thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God, and you are not dead. You conquered death. You're the mighty conqueror that still stands in our midst the same yesterday, today, and forever. No kingdom, no Caesar, no Hitler, no Napoleon, none of them can stand. They've conquered by the way of, of sin, and they've died and perished. But you've conquered by righteousness, and you've conquered death to live forever. Because you live, we live also. Give us this assurance tonight, Lord, that you are a, the great and mighty conqueror by being alive after these 2,000 years to still be the same, to perform the same, to do the same as you ever did. I commit myself to thee and take every spirit in here under my control. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. If the Lord our God, my sister, will reveal to me what you're here for or something that you know that I do not know, would that make you believe with all your heart that you would receive what you ask for? Now, you could be anybody. Uh, if he tells you something that you know that I don't know nothing about, of course, I don't know you, so I wouldn't know nothing. If I'd say, you're sick, that would be a guess. could be. And then if I lay my hand up on you and say, you'll get well, you'd have to take my word. But if he tells you what you have been or what is wrong with your, then you'll know whether that's the truth or not. That would be him. And if he knows what has been, how much more does he know what will be? See, then it's beyond any shadow of doubt. God forbid that I stand here on this platform as professing to be Christ's servant. Uh, anything else but there's something that would help you. And the only thing I could help you would have to come through him. Now, if the audience still hears my voice after speaking to the woman, she seems to be going from me. And she's deeply interested in something. She's suffering, she's upset from a nervous condition. Then also, she's having trouble in her chest, like tightening spells in her chest. But I see her on her knees, and she's near an old chair. And here's what she's saying. Lord, wilt thou give to me the Holy Ghost? She's seeking the baptism of the Holy Ghost, thus saith the Lord. That is true. Raise your hands to that being true. Who knows what you are and what you're desiring but God alone? Do you believe you shall receive that what you've asked for? Let's pray. Dear God, as I see your little feeble hands go up in the air, I pray that you'll be merciful to her and will give her those things which she is desiring. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I ask it. Amen. God bless you, sisters. Receive now, you will, what you ask for. I suppose us being strangers to each other, you and I. 
our first time meeting. But the Lord God knows us both. We, you and I, are going to stand someday at the judgment seat of Christ, giving an answer for our lives. You're aware of that, aren't you? You are a Christian because your spirit seems to be welcome. And you're suffering with a nervous condition. That's right. And I see you trying to leave a room or step, and you're going down easy. It's arthritis. You have an arthritis. And there keeps someone appearing to me. It's an elderly person, real nervous. It's your mother. And she's extremely nervous. And she's got heart trouble. And it seems I see a river or something. Oh, she's near a city called Covington or Kentucky, somewhere in there where she's been. The Lord God grants to you the desire of your heart. Now go on your road and rejoice, and you'll receive just exactly what you will. Do you believe the Lord God? Do you believe that he is able to give to you the things that you're asking for? You're standing for someone else. That someone else is dying. And it's someone, I see a, two small children, this little girl, or it's your sister. Your sister that you're standing for you used to play with your hold of hands and skip together. That's right. Then I see you say she's in a hospital here and shattered with death, double death. She's shattered with physical death by an operation of a cancer she just had, and she's not saved. She needs Christ as her Savior. You believe God will grant it to you the things that you ask for? Let us pray. O eternal and merciful Jehovah, grant unto this woman the things that she asked for. Grant it, Lord. May thy blessings rest upon her greatly. In the name of Jesus, amen. God bless you, ladies. Are you believing? Have faith in God. The kids. Oh, it's just over his back. It's the man sitting right there on the front row, praying, suffering with high blood pressure. The man with a gray suit on, kind of a little high. You were praying, sir, that God would have me to speak to you. If that's right, stand up on your feet. All right? Your high blood pressure has left you. You're healing now. Go on the road and be well. I, I do not know the man. I've never seen him. If we're strangers, stand back up on your feet again, sir. If we're strangers. I don't know, but that's right way you're hanging like this. You touched something. What did you touch? The high priest. Go on. Now you're well. Your faith has saved you. 
If thou canst believe, all things are possible. Just have faith. We are strangers to each other out this evening. This is our first meeting time. The Lord God does know us both. I everyone just be real ready. Oh, isn't it lovely? Isn't it? Oh, I can't express it to be in the presence of the Lord Jesus. The saints, the Alpha and Omega is present. The morning star, a mighty conqueror. If thou canst believe, You are suffering with a lady's trouble. That's a female disorder. And it's caused you to be very nervous. That lady's order is a tumor. It's on a female gland. You don't come from this city. You're at a city near a large river at Cincinnati. There's somebody else there that you're so interested in it you've been praying for. That's a child. Just a little baby that's got something wrong with the food passage. It's been operated on. And that baby belongs to a relative of yours, a cousin. The parent of the child is praying to you, but they don't pray like you. They're holding beads in their hands. They're Catholic. Miss Julia Groen, you, you to return back. That's your name. Return back to Cincinnati and receive what you've asked for in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Have faith in God. We be strangers to each other, I suppose. If thou canst believe, now all things are possible, be reverent. praying with a stomach trouble. You believe the Lord God will make you well, baby? 
That's your husband right behind you. He's praying for a triple man. Do you believe with all your heart that you'll receive what you've asked for? If you'll believe it with you, sir, and you can have what you ask for. The lady right behind you also is the praying for, oh, she's got diabetes that she wants to be healed of. You believe the Lord will make you well? The ladies will check the dress off. Raise your hand up now so the people can see. All right, you can go home tonight. Believe with all your heart, you receive what you ask for. What did you touch? You're away away from me, 30, 40 feet, but you touched the high priest that can be touched by the feeling of our infirmity. If thou canst believe, all things are possible. I challenge you to believe. I suppose that we're strangers to each other. I just have to follow that life the way it goes. I'm sorry to leave you standing there, but I just have to follow it. See, if someone out there is praying, oh, what could happen if they just at one time believe? Now the lady laying here is paralyzed. She comes before me. If you just have faith in us, lady, you could rise from that veteran and go home. To have faith in them. It just keeps turning dark, turning dark, turning dark. Don't do that. Keep let it turn light. If the Lord God will tell me what you're here for, would you believe it? You'll know whether it's the truth or not. Then you know something supernatural to have to tell me. Would you believe like the Pharisees did that it was Beelzebub? Then you get his reward. If you believe that it was Christ, you get Christ's reward. But that would, of course, be up to you. You're not from this city. You're from Hamilton. That's right. You have a lady's trouble. That's an ulcerated wound. That's right. If God will tell me who you are, will that make you just rejoice? Patty Pratt. That's right. Return on your road now and rejoice and be happy. Don't down. Just believe with all your heart. Are you believing? If the Lord God will reveal what's your trouble, do you believe it? You are nervous, and you have trouble with your eyes. They're going out, going blind. And you might know I be a servant of the Lord God. You have a growth on your body that did for me. It's a growth on your left shoulder. That's right, raise up your hand. Now go and believe, you shall receive. Amen. Put your hand on mine. If God will reveal to me what's your trouble, would you believe me to be a servant? It's your back. Go on your road now. Your back trouble's left. Amen. If thou canst believe, do you believe, ladies, 
If God will reveal your trouble, will you believe me to be his servant? Your heart. Go on your road rejoicing. Be made well. If God will reveal to me what your trouble will you believe, sister? Your coughing has many conditions. Go on your road and be well. You believe, lady? If God will reveal what your trouble is, will you believe him with all your heart? Then the cancer will never kill you, and you'll be well. You believe it? Go on your road and rejoice. Heart trouble lifts you while you're sitting in the chair. Just keep going and rejoicing, being happy. Arthritis will leave you if you just keep rejoicing, believing him with all your heart. Are you believing? Just a moment. Have faith now. Something happened right here in the audience. If thou canst believe, something happened. Please don't think this is impersonation. But just the weakness just covered me real swiftly. If something happened. I'm positive. The little lady sitting here looking at me. Yes, ma'am. You got a rupture. You got piled. That's exactly right. You were looking and believing. Stand up just a minute. Am I a stranger to you? I don't know you. That's right, raise up your hand. But you were praying. What's that looking around at you, little girl? Yours? You look at me. You believe me to be a servant? You won't bear to that child, do you? If God will reveal to me what is wrong with the child, would you believe me to be a servant? The little child actually suffers from a nervous condition. I tell you how she acts. I see you trying to force her to eat. She don't want to eat, and you keep giving her all kinds of tonics and things to make her eat. Is that right? Raise up your hand. Put your hand over on her. Have faith in God, and that's the greatest tonic she ever took. She'll eat now in the name of God. Ladies, isn't it strange? When I said about that child eating, you had a real funny feeling went over you. When I said about the child, because you had stomach trouble. That's right. Raise up your hand if that's right. Yours is gone too, so you can both go home as well. Do you believe? I don't believe. Now, what about it in the What about you here in, in this pot? Stretch How many of you around here that wants to believe with all your heart? Yeah. Is, is he still the mighty conqueror? Amen. Is he alive tonight? Amen. The same person that ever lived? Amen. Well, Then lay your hands over each other and pray one for the other. And you'll see that 